I want to welcome everybody to this video today. Uh, so I'm going to intro the gentleman that I have with me, but a little bit of a backstory, and I'll try not to let this be too long-winded. It was probably right around the time I got my Waxworks Records Jason Takes Manhattan vinyl, and I was so excited to hear Darkest Side of the Night on vinyl for the first time, and I was like, this is going to be awesome. I played the vinyl, and the mix or the whatever they used for darkest side of night sounded so horrible i was crushed it sounded so bad i go on youtube and i was like i wonder if there's just like a really great sounding version of this song and so i i found one and i was like oh my god whoever did this remaster i've never heard this song sound this good before i look at the channel name and then i see that he did flesh to flesh which is a song from return of a living dead 2 that i i, I just I'm, I'm that song is in my dna i I listened to that song all the time. I'd never heard the song before. I was just taken aback at it. So then I started looking up this channel more to Bado Vision, and I just fell in love with this channel. I never typically reach out to YouTubers to talk to them, but this guy, I he just, I, I was, I got sucked right in. And this is the man behind the channel. And I've, I've we're going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight, but I want to introduce my guest, Brandon Tabato. What's up? How's it going, everybody? How you doing, Christian? I am good, man. It's a pleasure to uh, have a conversation with you tonight, you know? Likewise. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I guess let's just start here, man. Like, we've never talked before, really. So, like, tell me just about you in as a horror fan. How does it start with you? All, you know, all the, all the, all the good stuff. Uh, horror is, is in my DNA, I think. I mean, as far back as I can remember. And this is the... The usual generic thing that everybody says, but literally as far back as I can remember, I've been watching horror movies. Um, I think three, four years old was probably when my mom started letting me watch all these VHS tapes she shouldn't have let me watch. Um, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Return of the Living Dead, and that's one of your favorite movies. They have been ingrained in my character for so long that like they're literally a part of me. So horror really is part of who i am it's what i wake up to and go to bed to so to speak yeah. so yeah and, and tell me about with your collecting too because i've seen you've got some really cool masks and things like that w what kind of collector are you are, uh, are you a poster guy a blu-ray guy figures masks it's really weird because i started off as a poster guy like for sure it was it was, it was posters uh movies comic books action figures i was into all that shit for a long long time and then last five or six years, I started getting that bug of like needing to get rid of excess stuff. So I started getting rid of, uh, selling posters, selling comics, not all of them, but a lot of them, action figures, stuff like that. And I came across a Halloween six mask on eBay randomly. And it was a, a mask by a guy named Chris Morgan. He's known as WMP. And uh, it was like a film quality mask. And it was like 300 bucks. I was like, I got to have this fucking thing. So I paid the money, got it. And when it came in the mail, opening up that box and smelling that thick latex, it brought me right back to like the, the early 90s costume shop. You know that smell? Mm, yeah. It's sort of, it's unlike the spirit Halloween stores, but it's something you just don't find anymore. That weird, like it's cardboard, it's mildew, it's latex. And I fucking, that was the smell in the box. And as soon as I took that mask out, I was like, this is, this is what I've got to do. So it's been masks almost exclusively ever since. So uh pretty much michael myers masks but some jason stuff too here and there yeah well let me ask you this 
in terms of movies, because I want to talk, I want to talk about your YouTube channel now. And I, I know that you have a, you had a, a, a even bigger channel before that you were using, which I still think you're, you, you're still posting on that channel too. I think, right. The, the yeah, brand Tobato channel, right. The regular channel. It's where I usually post, uh, like now it's become, since I've become a dad, it's been mostly a place to post, uh, videos of my kid. I post like my own films and stuff. I'll still post there because that's sort of like the, this sounds so pretentious to say this, but it's like where it's like my artist channel. So if I make movies, I'm going to post them there. Whereas Tabata Vision's more like a place to like just get my horror groove on, so to speak. Yeah. But there's, yeah. But let me talk to you. Let's talk about, uh, you know, this, this channel Tabato Vision first. Yeah. Where, where did this, so what was, what was the brainchild behind starting this Tabato Vision channel, so to speak? Like you kind of said, that's where you want to start posting. Was this after you became a father where you were like, let me dedicate more so of this channel to other things and make this other channel Tabato Vision or what, so what was, what happened? Cause that's, that's how I found you was Tabato Vision and it was because of the songs. Right, right. Um, I think it was fall 2018 uh my regular channel my predominant channel uh, brandon tabato was getting a lot of views a lot of subscribers but i had so much content and i still do i had music videos from previous music groups my own films, short films cartoons uh random vlogs stupid cooking like just everything it was all everything i threw in the pot was on that channel it's a mess and i it was like i need to organize something here i'm not going to just I can't organize everything I have, but I could start a new channel and just focus. Like I'm going to do horror stuff here. I'll do music stuff here. I'll do keep this channel for my movies and my life stuff. And then when um, my fiance got pregnant with my daughter, Isabella, that's when I was like, okay, cool. I'll make Brandon Tabata more of the platform for my movies and home videos. And then I can focus on Tabata vision as the horror channel that I've really wanted to have since the beginning that, Brandon Tomato should have been, but it just turned into, like I said, this big amalgamation of stuff versus focus. So, yeah, and there's so many stuff. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to process what all I want to talk to you about because I have a lot of questions. I guess let's start here. Like I said earlier, if you're a fan of just kick-ass rock songs and songs that have been from horror films, uh, they they become just as important to you as the movies themselves. So. Oh, yeah. Dark, darkest side of the night and flesh to flesh. No one lives forever. These songs are, you can't hear no one. You can't, I can't hear Oingo, Oingo Boingo at all, quite frankly, without thinking of horror or Nightmare Before Christmas or specifically Texas Chainsaw 2. Oh yeah, absolutely. Where, where did this remaster thing, how did this start? Was this a need from a personal standpoint? Like, you know what? These songs could sound better or was it like, because I'm wrecking my brain. I mean, if this is a trade secret on how you're doing this, I don't know if you're getting stems, if you're getting isolated pieces, if you're just doing an overall master and remixing the song. You don't have to divulge that if it's a trade secret. You got to how you do it. But like, how did how did this all come about? Where did you say, you know what? We've got to fix Darkest Side of the Night. We've got to fix Flesh, flesh to Flesh. We got to make these songs sound better. Where did this start? Um, it was really, like you said, it was just like hearing these songs that I loved, fucking loved that song forever. And um, it just every version I heard was what the word I'm trying to think of is like it was it's clunky. It's flat. It's it's bland. It was just sounded really noisy once you got to a certain volume level. 
So I was like, I could probably work some kind of magic and make it sound good. And there's no trade secrets here. I'm not a, what you want to call a musician. I don't really know. I can't read music. I'm not an expert in any means, but I know what my ears like to hear. I know what they like. So I brought into a couple programs, Darker Side of the Night, tweaked some stuff, um, took up the levels, limited some stuff, normalized some stuff, brought in some reverb, added bass, added treble, took away some stuff, cleaned it up, polished it, made it bigger, more beautiful, brighter. What I like to call mastering is probably not what it is at all, but when it got to a certain point, I was like, this sounds fucking really good. On every system I played it on, put it in my car. I had two 15-inch subwoofers at the time. I was like, this shit fucking, this is, I'm onto something here. So yeah. I uploaded it, and then it kind of spiraled from there. Where I'm like, what else can I make sound better? And then, it, you know, no one lives forever, flesh to flesh, and so on and so forth. But um, like I said, there's not really trade secrets. There's probably a lot of people that can do that better, and I invite them to. Because I want to hear better versions, too. If you can make a better version than mine, please do, because there's always room for improvement. You know what I mean? So it's all about yeah. making it better for everybody. I think so. I, I tell you, man, I, I think the, when I, the first time I ever commented was when I f saw you did flesh to flesh and like, literally I, I, I was, I remember I, it was one night late at work and I, 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 I guess I had, I had your darkest side of the night on such regular rotation that it started showing me your videos on my homepage and uh, then I saw flesh to flesh and I clicked on it. I said, there's no way this is going to sound. It's, there's no way this is going to sound that great. And I was blown away by how great it sounded. Cause there was another channel that I saw. I did a remaster of flesh to flesh and it's good. And I've seen a cassette like master and it's charming, you know, it's a cassette remaster, but then I hit yours and I was like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, this song sounds so good i was standing up at work listening to it i was so happy so i just want to tell you thank you because that means so much to me to be able to hear to know that somebody else in the world says joe lamont is a bad son of a bitch these songs have to be remastered these songs have to be they have to be given that respect to have the mixes sound that good and uh, I'm just blown away by that. I think that is one of the coolest things. And I, I really hope you keep doing that. I saw that you did Soldier of the Night. And oh, again, yeah. the, the the quality, it's literally, I don't, like I said, I, I, I'm a musician and I, my brother's, he, he records and he masters bands and stuff. And I, I have a, I have a, uh, a, I'm 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 one of those master of none guys. I can I can d dabble with this and that bass guitar and mixing stuff, but my brother's really good at that stuff. And I showed him, and he was like, "Dude, that guy, he's doing something right because that shit sounds <laughs> it sounds really good, oh, man." Nice, far out, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and I and I, I appreciate the feedback. It's uh, yeah, it's just um, I'll pro I'll make a video on it sooner than later, like just kind of divulging how I do it. It's really nothing major. I'm sure once I release that video, people are going to be like, this guy's a fucking joke. This is not how you remaster a song. But um, but yeah, it's uh, songs like Flesh to Flesh. I know we keep, we keep going back to that song, but that song sounds like shit. Like every official release it's had, it just sounds so flat. And the mm -hmm. version that I remastered, I still think sounds like crap. It's just There's nothing to really work with as far as like original stuff goes. So I wish they would like, and you really, they really need an official remastered release of that stuff, of all that old content, because 
working with you know making a new remaster from shit like that it can only sound so good but it can sound right. way better than it does so. yeah i mean i think the only time that that song ever got physically released i've got the rltlt rotld2 vinyl soundtrack and it's on there and i assume there was there must be a cassette because somebody remastered that but yeah i mean so it's really cool and i really hope to see you continue that uh i know that's really a thankless job because i don't know you can't really monetize those those types of videos. Some of them, I'm sure you can if there's no ownership taken from certain songs. But it's a thankless job. But I want you to know how much it means to me that you've been doing those. I appreciate know. it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and it, they get struck. Every song has been struck by copyright so far. But luckily, it hasn't been like a strike. It's only been like the claimant will monetize their stuff on your channel and you won't get a strike, which is fine. I expected that in the first place. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and, and so I want to talk more about the Tabato Vision channel before we get into making these really cool Halloween supercuts and and making fan films, which I, I got a million questions about making fan films. But to stick with Tabato Vision, so I really love the filmmaking style and the and the video style you're doing. They're these two minute quick idea kind of videos where you get your thought out, and it's it's not. Hey, this movie's I like this movie. This is good. You're asking these really cool, you know what I'm saying? Like you're asking these really cool, thought-provoking questions. Uh, one of my favorites that you did as, as, as you know, as, as short of a video it was was the uh, hey, and I think it's it's so interesting because I think about this stuff where you said, does anybody else like notice that Halloween two just feels more old school than how like the original Halloween or this one like. Those kinds of videos, I just love those. Where where did this come from? Where is it? Was it also necessity being a father? Now it's like I can make these videos, but I really don't have time to make these twenty minute type videos. Or uh, is it a necessity thing, or was it a style thing, or where did that come it's from? It's probably a little bit of both. Um, a lot of it uh, comes from a lot of the horror groups I belong to on Facebook, like Killer Flicks and stuff like that. I'll make posts a lot asking because these questions is I don't know where the hell they come from. I'll just think about them. I'll post a question and it'll get me thinking like I should make that into a video. Not a, it's not really enough content to make a 15, 20 minute video out of, but I'm like, I'll make these little one to two minute things, ask people some questions, get people thinking uh, the playlist of all those little short form videos you're talking about. I call them just a thought. So hopefully it gets the wheels turning, but it's mostly just like me kind of sitting around at work board or something. And it's like, my brain's just wandering. So I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. And that's the thing you're going to continue to do, I, I assume, right? I think so, yeah. I do want to move into the long-form stuff. Like, I'm going to start doing some reviews, and I want to do some rankings. But as of now, it is pretty hectic. So you're, you are half right. The dad life is kind of getting a little bit, you know, she's a toddler. She's running around all the time. So when I come home from work, it's just it's toddler chaos until she goes to bed. So the short form right now is kind of helping keep the wheels spinning, so to speak. But. It's also me being a bit lazy because I haven't put in the time to make 25 minute videos and stuff like that. So, well, well I, I got to say, I really like them. I uh, there's something about it that you just I don't know. I think that they work. I'm not saying don't do long videos because I, I watched your correct me if I'm wrong. It, it was how to was it how to not necessarily how to fix Halloween six or was it called? How to fix uh, Halloween was six? How to fix Halloween? How I would fix Halloween six or something like that? You're yeah. on the right track. That's what it was. Though. Yeah, no, that was great. I loved it. Um, and I'll tell you what she did. That's kind of scared the crap out of me for some reason. The music you put was just so creepy, and that computer voice of the story of Hellraiser. 
Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you, how that, do you create that? Can we talk that about was, um, that was a necessity of time. I was like, um, are you familiar with Mr. H reviews at all? Well, no, I a, don't. He's a YouTuber and he does all these like Hellraiser and like horror movie mythology videos. I'm like, this is awesome. I want to make something like this myself, but tell it from my own perspective in my own words and stuff. But it's like, it's, it would be 20 to 30 minute videos. And I think I slur too much and have too much of a baggy voice to really talk about a character mythology like that. So what's the easiest way I can do this? I wrote the script, found a, a really good text to speech program and just did it like that, added the music, added the effects, put it together with a slideshow kind of thing. And it's pretty much as simple as that. Cause I don't want to have to record 20 minutes of this is why pinhead is the way he is. I just, that's the kind of stuff I won't do, but yeah, you know what I mean? It, it, it worked, man. That voice, I don't know, the mix between that robotic kind of creepy voice and that, that music, where do you find that music? Cause that, it was like some silent Hill, you know, that was creepy. all licensed stuff that I licensed through, um, what the hell is it called? Through, uh, Invato elements and a little bit from Getty. Uh, cause at work we have the license to use all that kind of stuff. So my boss lets me use a lot of that content for myself. So it's that works out in itself a lot for these videos is using licensed material that won't get flagged by YouTube. Yeah, yeah that, that brings up something I wanted to ask as well. I don't want to get too personal, but like obviously you've got you've got to be doing something for a living with video editing because your your video editing. I mean, it's I can only dream to do that kind of stuff. It looks so well. I mean, are you? In that field, do you or do you just have a lot of experience with editing video, audio, that kind of thing? I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, I went to film school, and I made the mistake. I made the mistake of not going to California when I finished film school. I kind of stuck around locally, trying to make a job here. Actually, I guess seeing how California is now, for better or for worse, I don't know. But uh, I heard that uh, I got a job at this place called Tightline in Melbourne, Florida, which is about thirty minutes from where I live. And it's a video production house. We do commercials, videos, digital advertising, all that kind of stuff. So I do editing, video production for a living. So I'm, I'm blessed enough to do to do that. So I can spend a lot of time at work during downtime because there's a, there's a lot working on Tabata Vision. So it's become kind of a win-win situation for me in that regard. You know, knock on wood that it keeps it that way. But we'll see. Now, when, is that is that a line of work that you know? I'm assuming you had a passion for it. Could you growing up being a horror fan and being a film fan? It's like, I want to, I want to work with editing. I want to work with film and audio. Was that, is it, is it like a, is it a job that once you get into it, does it burn ever burn you out? Or is it something you're always down to do? You just love working with filming, editing and all that kind of thing. I love it. But the problem is with a job like that is it's so it's not corporate, but you're doing commercials for all these really bougie, top tier local company. So you're not really getting to scratch the creative itch. So it doesn't ever burn me out. It kind of makes the, the need to do film burn brighter or more intense, I guess you could say, because like, I'm not really getting to fill the creative needs that way. So I need to continue doing stuff on the side to scratch that itch. So yeah, you don't really get burned out. It just makes you hungrier, I think. And mm -hmm. in some, some regards more frustrated that you haven't, uh, made it so to speak in the film industry uh professionally you know what i mean so right right win-win or good win deal. good deal let, let me ask you about this you know because going back to the tabato vision channel 
some of your videos, your, your opinions on things um, are quite refreshing because, uh, quite frankly, it's really great seeing somebody that just doesn't hate everything. I, I really don't know how else to put it. Um, do you see, I mean, making videos talking about, look, guys, you Texas Chainsaw 3D is really not that bad or things like that. Are those videos that come out of some somebody's got to say that they like these movies online or like making videos like that does that come from that do you see a lot of just is everybody a critic nowadays i mean what's your thought on the landscape of the youtube reviewer now or the horror what what's your thought on the horror fan for, for nowadays i hate using the i hate using the phrase toxic fandom i just don't like the phrase but i feel like that's the the best way you can put it because you're right everybody is a critic including myself but i feel like people there seems to be and i'm probably talking out of my ass here a little bit there seems to be like a lately last couple of years, if a few people like or dislike something, I feel like everybody is starting to move in the direction of that. Like everybody, it became popular to hate Texas Chainsaw 3D. When a lot of people I talk to about it, they haven't even seen the movie still. Like they've still not seen it. And they're like, oh, that movie's fucking trash. Like I talked to somebody online the other day about the new Texas Chainsaw movie. And they said something like, I loved it better than the 3D crap. That way, or something like that was bullshit. I'm like, did you ever even watch that movie? Like, no, I still haven't seen it. I feel like that's the landscape is if these 30 people hate the movie, I'm going to hate the movie. If they love the movie, I'm going to love the movie. I think that's where elevated horror and all these new micro genre stuff is coming out of. There's like this, the pretentious, excuse me, I'm, I'm moving all over the place, but there's really this pretentious air of the horror landscape. And I feel like, a few of us need to address it and try to make some kind of a dent in this fucking whirlwind of negativity because everybody's a critic and I feel like everybody hates everything. And it's part tiring of it, to say, isn't it? Yeah. It's exhausting. So, And is that where the video came from that you made called see the film? Yeah, because, and I'm not going to name any names, but there's so many fellow YouTubers and uh, people on Facebook and stuff who will review a film, trash it, and then tell their audience, be like, just don't even bother with this film. It's trash. It's garbage. And so many people will, I'll see them in the comments say, oh, thank God I avoided this movie or I didn't want to see it anyway. I'm glad you saved me the time. I see that stuff and it's, it's really not a big deal. But I'm like, why are you allowing somebody else's opinion to dictate whether you see it or not? Like I grew up watching Critics. I love watching critics and give, give their opinions on stuff. I may not agree, but I'm never going to see something or not see something based on their, their review of it. I'm going to see it if I want to see it. It's never deterred because they hated it. Like, I don't care what review you are. It's like, see the damn movie. Make your own decision about it. That's why we have, that's why the landscape, part, part of the reason is why the landscape is what it is today. Yeah. I could ramble on about this for hours and make no sense, but I hope I'm making some kind of sense here. You are. It's it's good to hear that, man, because I I uh my I have a fear of of talking negative about a movie in that sense and somebody missing out on it. And then what if they see it a few years down the road and they're like, I should not have listened. I really like that. That's a I don't want that responsibility. And I'm you know, everybody like you said, everybody's entitled to that opinion, but I just think uh, you know, you gotta see the damn movie for yourself. I just think that I think you're right. I think uh, we we put a lot of weight in people's opinions 
sometimes or some people just they they it's the gospel for them what somebody's yeah. opinion is you know it's, it's it's really weird like i get that some people might be your favorite reviewer but like if i ever start reviewing films again i'm gonna be like i hated this fucking movie but you should still see it and let me know what you thought about it like i'm gonna put some kind of disclaimer on there so they're not like oh well you told me not to see it so i'm not gonna see it just to kind of save them and myself from this the stuff down the road. Well, I think that's, I think that's important, man. I always tell people to see the films and I thought that was a really good message. Uh, so I, I liked that video. I, 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 uh, I raised my glass to that because I think it's really, really true. So let me ask you about this, man. So I have heard a lot of people talk about your Halloween supercut of combining Halloween's one and Halloween two. Now remind me the name of what you called this uh supercut. Uh Halloween Deluxe. Halloween Deluxe. Now where did this idea come from? Was when you did this, was this a thing that people had done already, or were you like, nobody's done this before? Let me let me combine um, these two movies. I think it had been done once or twice before, probably several times, I guess, but I haven't really heard of anybody doing it. I know there was a, a few people doing the uh like re re uh, cutting Halloween six and stuff like that. Um, but uh, at the time I was like, it'd be really cool to make a marathon cut of Halloween one and two, because those movies for me, I can't watch one without watching the other. Like if I watch Halloween one, I have to watch Halloween two. I can watch Halloween two by itself all day over and over and over. But if I watch Halloween one, it's gotta be part two right after. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, there's, there's, there's gotta be a way to make this seamless. So I just, you know, kind of put it into the editor and uh, trimmed off the end so it's seamlessly cut together. I changed a little bit of the music. So um, when Loomis shoots him and she says, was that the boogeyman? He says it was. He leaves the room, instantly exits the door outside. So it goes right into Halloween 2 immediately. But I keep a stinger from Halloween 1 there to keep the music consistency through that scene. And um, the part where the dude comes out and he says, um, I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. And Loomis says, you don't know what death is. And that's where the Halloween 2 soundtrack starts. I kept that soundtrack silent at his sound effects. And so Loomis just kind of runs away off into the night with sound effects and ambient noise and then cuts directly to the point of the admirer. So there's, it's literally seamless. I don't like tooting my own horn, but like it's better than the other cuts I've seen in that regard. I think that's why people have been responding so well, because it mm -hmm. feels like the same movie. I'm pretty proud of it. It could have it could have gone really wrong, but it's it's pretty enjoyable, I think. Yeah, you're right. I did get a chance. I think I, I think I saw you post a link for for it somewhere. I can't. You have to forgive me. I can't remember where I saw it, but I did see it, and I was like, "Damn!" Because you did add some really cool cues in there. I mean, you literally it wasn't. I'm thinking my ignorant ass. I'm like, okay, people just take. <laughs> you know, they just, just like, do this. The credits and yeah, but no, you That's really did make time. it. You really did make it this really cool thing. And I was like, oh, like there, there's a, there's like there's an art to doing this kind of thing. So, yeah. And I, I saw a lot of praise for for Halloween Deluxe. So that was really cool. Now, how did you release that thing? Was that something you just initially put on the Internet? And then I remember you said you put it on some website before. Uh, are people able yeah, to see it, that still? I need to get you the links to see it again. I had it uploaded to my mega account in three different versions. There was like a five gig, a 25 gig and a 50 gig, the full quality version. But originally, cause this was like two or three years ago now when I first released it, 
and then it kind of went dormant again. But um, I made some waves on on Facebook about it, and people were super interested. And they're like, "Can we get a hard copy on Blu-ray?" I'm like, I, "Maybe I could make Blu-rays and sell them to you, but I don't want to sell them. That's like, because I don't want to. I just don't want to be that guy who's selling bootleg stuff. I'm not really into that that idea. It's kind of weird to sell somebody else's property too, and you right. know, it's a little. And I was thinking, how can I get around that legally and and uh, morally? So I was making a movie at the time. I was like, maybe I can make a list of people who want it, charge them 15 bucks. It, may, it covers my cost to make the Blu-ray at home, and I'll sell them a poster from the movie I'm making. So it's not really them buying Halloween Deluxe. It's them buying a poster, and they get the oh. luxury. Yeah. But I didn't do that because I couldn't come. I'm just like, it, that's still too – it felt too dirty. So I'm just like, I'm just going to release it for free. And if people want to burn it to Blu-ray, they can – download the movie, keep the file and put it on Blu-ray themselves. Um, maybe in the future I'll make artwork and stuff, but I don't think I'll make physical copies. And if I do, I won't sell them. I'll probably give them away. Cause I just, I don't want to be that guy making bootleg copies. There's already enough of those in the circles. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, that, that's really cool. Have you ever thought about doing any other kind of, uh, especially with the style that you have making those really cool music cues and stuff like that. Have you ever thought about what if I combine these two movies or what if i did this or is there really not are there any ideas you've ever had to do that sort of thing it's redundant at this point because it's halloween again but i really want to do halloween four five and six as one big epic movie and i know for a fact somebody else did this i'm sure a bunch of people have done this but i think there's a way to really make those three films seamless and that sounds crazy considering halloween six is so off the wall uh from parts four and five i fucking love halloween six but it definitely doesn't feel like Halloween four and five, but I feel like there's a way to redo certain parts of Halloween six to make it mesh better with Halloween five. It was to the point last year I inquired to a few buddies of mine who do way higher up the scale graphic design than I do about what would it take for you guys to legitimately deep fake Daniel Harris's face on the Brandy, what's her name? Her name Brandy, uh, JC Brandy's face in Halloween Six for these scenes, and it never got farther than that. But that's what I was considering to try and like mold this big trilogy together. It would have been sweet. It probably would have cost me way too much money because they wouldn't have done that shit for free. Mm-hmm. That's the, that would be the goal. That's like the next big project. I can't really think of anything else that would work. Maybe like uh, you could probably do a really cool cut of Alien and Aliens. That might work really well. Because if it yeah. starts at the end of Alien, 57 years later, right? All of a sudden, it's like instant cut for us, but it's 57 years later for her. That might be that might be fucking cool. Maybe I'll do that shit. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Well, yeah, man, kudos to that kind of stuff. I think that's really, really cool. You know, before we move on, I want to talk to you. I've, saw, I've seen that you, you're a filmmaker. You've made fan films. I saw you did a really cool season of The Witch, Return of the Witch fan film, and I was like, man, this guy's—he's—he's he's got it going on over there. Before we get to that kind of thing, hearing your opinions on a lot of uh, the big slashers, the Jasons, Michaels, and Freddy's, it's got me curious. Okay, I'm a nightmare guy. That's my number one thing. So I want to ask you first, especially seeing that really cool video you did talking. Again, you're just like, has anybody ever noticed how freaky Part Two Freddy looks? I love that video. Well, let me ask you for the big slashers, nightmare first. What's your favorite entry from the Elm Street series and what's your least favorite entry? Oh man, that's a loaded question. My favorite entry is probably part three. I know that's the, that's the standard answer that everybody says, but part three, part three is a 
fucking masterpiece. Like every inch of that movie I am in love with. Um, that's probably, it's gotta be my favorite movie. Least favorite. Oh, shit. Are we including the remake and Freddy vs. Jason? If you want to, yeah, it's fine. Least favorite's probably Freddy's dead. It's gotta be Freddy's dead for better, or for worse. That's it. We're just part, part two is my favorite. Does that land pretty high for you? Or? I like part two a lot. I've liked part two my whole life. I've never had a problem with it. It wasn't until I got to high school that I learned so many people did not like that movie. I'm like, that's weird. I never really thought about it that, that. And then like the documentary came out in 2011. They're talking about it's the gayest nightmare film. I thought that shit was hilarious. And like, now that I'm seeing the subtext, I'm like, I guess it was there all along, but like, that's, that's pretty creative stuff that makes mm-hmm. the movie better. Uh, part yeah. two is pretty high on the list for me. I think that movie is really good and really underrated. And also, like we said, that's the scariest Freddy. That's scary. That Freddy scares the shit out of me. Like the the, the witch nose. The it's the it's a real deal. Teeth. Yeah, he's part two is really good. Yeah. yeah. So let me. How about this? Let's make it more fun, Brandon. Let me guess your favorites for the next one. Okay. All right for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Halloween. I go back and forth on this list too quite often. So you might be right this week and wrong next week. Just FYI. Um, Actually, that's not true. This one's been number one for a long time. So, you know, my co-host of the podcast, he's a, he's a part one guy. Everybody's a part one guy. I'm a part three guy. That's my favorite. But like my favorite Michael movie is, is probably four or six. Um, I don't know. I think you're, I think you're either a part one guy or a part four guy. Um, it's really part two. Part two is the ultimate Halloween for me. Um, for better or for worse, uh, part four and six are definitely in the top five. Um, I was a Halloween six guy for a long time. Like that was the number one movie, but the more I saw Halloween two and re and, you know, came back into contact with that film again. That movie is just the ultimate Halloween experience. Uh, it's the coziest. It's the most vintage. Like you saw that video. I can't even. Explain. I did. I love that video. Thanks, but it's it, it's it feels like the quintessential Halloween film. It feels the most like Halloween, even though Halloween four and six are fucking dripping with atmosphere, undeniable. <laughs> dripping, <laughs> dripping with atmosphere. I, like I that. think in, uh, George P. Wilbur in four and six, he scares the shit out of me. Like I think he's probably the scariest Myers. He's a big boy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, Halloween 2 for sure. All right, now this is the interesting part. Least favorite. In the Halloween I, and I'm going to tell you something, because, you know, uh, how, obviously, in, in my opinion, maybe you'll disagree with me. I'm so glad I'm a nightmare guy and not a Halloween guy, uh, not a Halloween fanatic. I don't I don't know if you're a Halloween fanatic, if that's your bread and butter, if you're if it's other stuff, but the Halloween fans are the most vicious, cruel. I can't let me tell you this quickest story. I don't want I don't want this to become about me, but I think you'll understand the the like ridiculousness of this. I go to Spirit Halloween and I see this little Halloween resurrection mug. It's a cute little mug, and I'm like, oh my God, I want it. I take it home and I take a picture of it on Instagram. And I, I just wanted to post the picture of this goddamn cute little mug I bought. Guess what happens in the comment sections when I show I bought a Halloween resurrection mug? Oh, Everybody, yeah. people had to tell me, I, this guy sent me like a, a, a story. This is why this movie doesn't exist in my timeline. Jesus. And I commented, it's just a cute mug. I'm just showing my mug. 
Yeah. My point, but my point is though, I uh, I've gotten to where the, there's this beauty, and I'm you know I'm assuming you're well into this part of your life too, where you could give a rat's ass what people think about whether you like a movie or not. So. Yeah. I'm hoping your answer is not Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 for your least favorite because I think that that movie's amazing. It's weird because I, and I think a lot of people did too, when that movie came out, was it 2009? Yeah. For the first couple of years, I fucking hated that film. I just didn't get it. I was super pissed off at Halloween 2007 still. I just couldn't. But once I got over that a few years later, I really embraced Rob Zombie's films, especially Halloween 2 because of how different it was. I'm like, this movie is really good. If I could have seen past my pretentious bullshit at the time, I would have seen it from the start. But Halloween 2 is definitely not even near the bottom of my list, I don't think. Rob Zombie's it's Halloween. An, Rob Zombie Rob Zombie's number one is your is your least favorite? No, no, no. It's just, it's nowhere near my bottom of the list. Either of us. Oh. Interesting. It's, it's just nice to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people that's another movie, man, that's underrated and underappreciated, and people fucking hate that movie because everybody else hates it. I swear to God, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, least favorite Halloween is probably shit. Resurrection. It's got to be Resurrection. But I appreciate that movie still. Like, there's not really a, a Halloween movie I hate. Actually, wait, that's not true either. Fuck. Nope. Halloween 2018 is probably the bottom tier for me, if we're being honest. Really? Now, let me ask you. The bottom. I don't know it, why. If, well, let me ask you this, Brandon. Same old, same old. As far as 2018 is concerned. Is that why? I mean, it's just. It just felt so. For a movie that was supposed to bring the franchise back to. The tone, feel and and direct continuation of the first film. It felt like it just missed the mark. Like I didn't believe I thought Laurie Strode's character arc in Halloween H2O. As weird of a film that is, was more believable to me than Halloween than as she was in Halloween 2018. Because in Halloween H2O, the events of Halloween 2 had happened. So her being batshit crazy made sense because it wasn't just four people that were killed. It was like 14 or whatever the count was by the end of Halloween 2. But she still held it together. She was, um, what is it called? A principal of a school. She had a social life. She had a son. She was drinking and stuff. She was kind of messed up. But she was still together. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me in Halloween 2018, after just the events of the original happened, 40 years prior, Lori Strode is for some reason Ripley training in her base. Like, I just don't buy into the fact that she's that batshit crazy after the events of part one. I just don't buy into it. Especially like, for that not being her brother. <laughs> right, exactly. And I that's another thing that I fucking hate. I want the return of the sibling arc. I love that shit. Well, uh, it, it doesn't make Michael Myers less scary to me if he's tracking down his family. Mm-hmm. She's still going to come after you and kill you. It's not going to make him less dangerous. So mm-hmm. that's... I, a- I would- yeah. I, I, I'd have to agree with you. I was the opposite of the way you felt with Rob Zombie's movies. I really liked 2018 at first, uh, and then the honeymoon period wore off, and I, I you know, I kind of told myself, well, yeah, that, that movie would probably have made more sense with her performance if they were related. If she knew that was her brother, then you're not hiding from your brother. Even if even if he doesn't know where you live yet, he's he, it's your brother. He's going to find you. But um so yeah, that's really cool to hear. Very interesting to hear. So for Friday the thirteenth, um, let me guess your favorite. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I think you like a new beginning a lot. New beginning kicks fucking ass. But my favorite Friday the thirteenth film is Jason Lives. By far, hands down, Jason that's Lives. That's right. You said that. That's you said that. I, I heard you say that in your last video. 
that movie takes the cake as far as I'm concerned. That is the quintessential Jason film out of that franchise. Like it beats everything else by and large. Even though I love every film in that franchise almost, uh, Jason Lives is top tier. Uh, New Beginning is probably fourth. I would say my second favorite is probably Final Chapter. That's uh, Jason Lives is like quintessential zombie Jason. I'd say Final Chapter is quintessential human Jason. You mm-hmm. just you can't Ted White. You can't you can't beat that man. You I just would can't. agree. But you got mad love for Jason Takes Manhattan too. I know you said you're a fan oh, of the look of uh, love that shit. Uh, the movie, the look. I think that's the scariest version of Jason. The scariest look. And he seems the most uh, sort of like how Micah Myers feels in Halloween six and kills now uh, Jason and takes Manhattan. He seems like somebody you can't get, get away from and teleportation jokes aside. He just seems like this unstoppable thing mm-hmm. where I feel like you could outdo and get away from the other Jasons, but mm-hmm. yeah, Jason takes Manhattan. Jason scares the fucking shit out of me. If we're being honest to this day. He's a yeah. I I've got a devil's latex bust, and it's one of my favorite pieces I have. I just yeah, love it so much. I had that a couple of years ago. I sold it, but I had one too. It was that was phenomenal work on a devil's latex. Have you ever gotten in the hockey mask game? You just look like a guy. I have a feeling you've painted hockey masks or worked on hockey. Yeah, masks. I made a couple. Um, when JDF Studios was still, he's I don't think he's making them anymore, but he was making blanks, um, really hard ABS plastic, like the point fives and like the one point, so you get them really thick if you wanted to. Uh, cut or uncut me and uh, Shanna, who's my fiance, we bought like 12 of them a couple of years ago before mm-hmm. my daughter was born. And we spent a good part of the summer uh, cutting the holes, cutting the masks, getting all the damage in there with Dremel tools and shit, sandpapering them, sanding them, putting the film accurate straps on there. We've sold most of them, but that was a fucking blast, man. I would love to get back into making hockey masks. Um, the part eight mask that we did make, we actually got Kane Hodder to sign at Spooky Empire a couple of years ago. Mm. So that's cool. The mask that we made, he signed. I'm like, that's that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. But yeah, hockey, hockey mask making is fun. It's a fun thing to do. Very cool. Yeah, I, I just had a feeling you'd uh, you dabbled in that before. So, all right. Uh, least favorite, I'm going to say. Least favorite, I'm going to uh, say you're not a big no, you like the remake. I think you like the remake. I think I think you're gonna say as much as it pains me, I think you're gonna say Jason X. No, Jason X is again one of those movies I fucking love in the Jason okay. I've loved the movie since it came out. And was it twenty years ago this year? Jesus Christ, where the fuck is the time going? But um you had it right the first time. I think reboot, the two thousand nine reboot is probably my least favorite. Uh, for better, for but you still like it a little bit, huh? You said you like all the Friday 13th, all the Friday, th- yeah, all the movies are good in one way or the other. But that movie, I think, is it's probably not the weakest. There's probably a lot, there's probably films that are that are way, way worse than that film, uh, plot wise. But, um, that movie, like Halloween 2018, for me, and maybe I'm just getting too old and grumpy, it just feels too like another entry. It doesn't feel like it, it doesn't justify its existence. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. didn't justify its existence um and i don't think halloween 2018 did either did you feel kills was a little bit more hey let's make a really cool slasher film let's even you know silly a little hokey with the evil dies but the, hey you know what that was that was pretty fun i'm glad you brought that up kills surprisingly has become in my top five of the halloween series top five i fucking love 
Halloween Kills. I don't know how it happened. I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting to hate that fucking movie because of my association or my experience with Halloween 2018. <clears throat> but Kills was awesome. Uh, Michael Myers was super frightening. The mask was awesome. The cinematography and the music, everything just felt more frenzied and 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 frantic. And uh, it felt like it felt like an old school Halloween film. It really felt like four or six to me. Really, and, yeah. yeah. And, and vibe. The characters were fucking stupid. But then again, I don't really want Halloween characters any other way. Like the movies have a history of having stupid fucking characters. Like every single film. Um, I know you mentioned that Halloween three was your favorite, which mm-hmm. is that's a commendable choice. I don't ever hear people say that, but in Die regard hard. to that film, Halloween three is probably the only Halloween film with decently smart characters. They make some stupid decisions, but you look at the characters from Halloween one and two, and they are fucking stupid. Like, what are you doing? So there you go. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap this up, and then we're gonna move on to uh, talking about making films, man. But uh, Texas Chainsaw. Uh, I'm going to say you are a man of culture and a man of taste. And your favorite has to be one or two. It's one for sure. But two is definitely the second. Two. Me too. Ditto. Two two is so good. They're probably on equal levels when I think about it. Because it depends on your mood. But they're both equally fucking insane. I can't really put one above the other. One classic. Two is the hidden classic. You know what I mean? TCM two is the only movie that like when I my favorite movie of all time is Return of the Living Dead, and TCM two is one of the only movies to me that RLTLD will fist bump and say you know how to be a good horror comedy. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the only other ones that I think that they have mutual respect for each other as like the titans of the black comedy that can't beat them. You know, those are perfect examples. Actually, they're very similar actually in tone too when you think about it. So yeah. You're probably right about that. Least favorite. This is what's interesting about when I was watching your videos. My, my least favorite is probably Leatherface 2017. But you said you were pretty. You like Leatherface 2017. I enjoyed it at the t- time. Um, now that 22 has come out, I'm having a hard time recategorizing the series. But least favorite is probably. This is a hard one. This is probably the hardest one. Least it's probably it's, it's got to be, well. I mean, you, you got to like next gen. No, you like Matthew McConaughey and all in that movie. See, I, I love to hate that film. It's definitely not the bottom. It's it's probably at this point, I guess Leatherface is probably the weakest for me. With twenty two, uh, twenty twenty two being a close second. Those are the bottom two for sure. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting that. Um... I don't know. I kind of saw 2022 as being, you know, in a certain almost a relative to 3D. While I really love 3D, too, I was kind of a little surprised to hear you say you you didn't click with 22. What, what, what was it about 2022 that you were like, you know, this this wasn't really for me? It's hard to say. Like, I keep wanting to say it's because of the woke characters. I love using that as a crutch, but they were the movie kind of made fun of woke culture. So I keep using that as the crutch, but that's not really the problem. I think the problem was it just. I felt like it was trying to turn Leatherface into a generic slasher. I like him having the family unit. I don't like him being separated from the family unit. I didn't like the town setting. I didn't like um, his adopt- Bulgaria. Yeah, I just didn't like yeah Bulgaria. 
That was where they they shot Leatherface, also, right? Bulgaria. It's become the new Texas, apparently. It's the new Texas. It just, <laughs> I don't know, man. It just felt weird, and like I didn't buy that that was the same Leatherface. I thought um, Dan Yeager did a better job. Not that the new the new guy did an okay uh, job as as Leatherface, but Dan Yeager in 3D felt like the same lineage from uh, the original. I just thought 3D was kind of a missed opportunity, and I kind of I previously had asked uh, Adam Marcus on one of the pages I belong to in depth because he had he had talked about it before on the on the bonus features. And I think you probably know this. He didn't intend for them to jump 40 years and make smartphones and shit in that movie. It was supposed to be 20 years later, set in the 90s, no smartphones. And I'm like, that. I think that would have solidified that film as the sequel for everybody if they hadn't, if the producers hadn't fucked that aspect up. Mm-hmm. It's really a lost cause because that was... As much as I like to, 3D was a better narrative sequel than 2022 is, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I would agree with that. So you like the family aspect. You you wanted to see uh, that extra crazy sidekick that tells Bubba what to do or you know somebody else to raise the stakes yeah. a little bit. Whether it be the cook or Chop Top or whoever, he just needs the family unit. Or bring McConaughey back. I'm sure he would come back now for a big paycheck. <laughs> that would be hilarious, but... Yeah, he needs somebody else there besides just just like the mom who dies and he freaks out. Yeah, that was kind of in 3D. That was kind of my one issue there too. Is he didn't have a family unit; it was just his aunt or whatever. Which I got story wise, but still, I'm like, I don't want to see Leatherface by himself in the basement of some house. That's just weird. Yeah. So, so what is your take on this requel thing? I mean, are you a fan of it, or are you just kind of taking it? as the wind blows kind of thing it is what it is do you do you miss the maybe the remake era or, or is this is this requel thing and just the new remake i guess so to speak. i think it's it's definitely the new era like we're out of remakes we're out of reboots finally thank god i was not a fan of that era i thought texas chainsaw massacre 2003 did it right i thought dawn of the dead did it right i thought everything else was kind of eh well, halloween too i guess you can count that but that movie was so different from the original halloween that it almost doesn't even count as a remake but anyways i'm rambling again the requel era is very interesting to me i think there's a lot of good things that could come out of it but i think i've seen a lot of lost causes too like again halloween 2018 seems like a lost cause um scream five scream five is weird because they call that movie a requel but it's totally just a direct sequel to four it's not a requel at all so I'm assuming that the trick there is they're making fun of requels, even though that, that movie is a direct sequel to the first four. Mm-hmm. That movie doesn't pretend two through four doesn't happen. It just, but it's calling itself requels. But um, I think 3D, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, going back to that again, that's what really kicked off the wave of requels, in my opinion, because that predates Halloween. That predates Scream. It predates, uh, what else is coming out that's a direct sequel? Candyman was a Candyman. requel. I enjoy yeah. the shit out of that film too, by the way. Yo, you like the new candy man. I did a lot. I thought it was probably yeah. same level as the first one, surprisingly. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like the guy that comes out the wall in the beginning. Oh, he was creepy. Yeah, that movie had some really freaky imagery. I was really surprised by how creepy the the candy men were. That they mm-hmm. showed me like, this is this is pretty freaky, actually. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really surprised. And that movie too, I know I keep going back to the woke stuff, but I kept hearing from, oh, it's just woke trash. It's so woke. It's it's isolating the other side, if you want to call it that. I saw the movie and I didn't feel isolated or or 
or targeted by woke culture at all. It was just a good fucking movie. People want to rely on that crutch too much. And like we were saying earlier about toxic fandom, I feel like blaming everything on woke culture is also part of the problem because not everything is woke because it sucks. Some things just suck. <laughs> yeah. If that makes any sense at all. Oh, yeah. But you, you, so you think that the requel was better than the? You, are you so you're a fan of it, or is it just movie to movie at this point? And you're like, let's just see what movie. we got. I'm a yeah. fan of where it could go, but we just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, like I'm glad that we got Halloween Kills from 2018, but 2018 could have been such a crazier film in and of itself, being a direct sequel. Like when you get the give yourself the opportunity to excise everything and make a direct sequel to something, why would you waste it on playing it safe? Make it balls to the walls insane from the start. That's mm-hmm. why I think Candyman had it right in that regard because that shit went off in a totally weird direction and they nailed it. Um, 3D would have nailed Texas Chainsaw 3D would have nailed it. Um, what else is there? Regal was. Yeah, I don't Regal know. Era. I know there's several others I can't th- several others I can't think of right now, but. I think they're missing the opportunities that that are right in front of them. Like if you were to make a direct sequel to. You could still make a direct sequel to Texas Chainsaw. And have it pick up directly after the first movie and make the whole movie about them getting to the setting from Texas Chainsaw 2. Have that be the the surprise ending that they make it there and they set up shop. Mm. That's take that opportunity, man. Give us that that's the kind of stuff horror fans want. They want the throwbacks as well as the, the new material. So, mm-hmm. Do you think that, um, you know, we just saw a little bit of news today that Studio 666, the Foo Fighters, Tenacious D type movie that, you know, rock movie. And then there was a movie called The Curse. They, 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 they plummeted, plummeted at the box office. Do you think, oh, really? uh, do you think that people aren't taking chances on original movies anymore and, they're just like, hey, you know what? I'll I'll go see these characters. Do you think people are just they're not interested in new in new IPs, and they're just wanting, I guess, comfort movies, so to speak? Or it kind of seems to be that way. Like a, a lot of people just want sequel after sequel after sequel, and don't want to be bothered with original franchises anymore. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's because they don't want, they don't want to invest time in characters and stuff that could potentially be terrible. Or if there's everybody's just so hungry for a good sequel with their favorite established characters that that's the route they rather go with. I don't really know. It's that's we I, I haven't heard that today, so that's actually a, a surprise news to me. I'm surprised that that David Grohl movie didn't do well or is not doing well. I figured figured that was going to blow up the spot immediately, considering who was making the film. It might just be bad timing though, because I mean it's March. I feel like they should release that shit in October. Mm-hmm. Make it a big event, you know, maybe go on tour. Uh, and like show scenes from the movie behind them or something like do a, a coinciding tour for Halloween, the Halloween era, the Halloween season. But uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I don't really have an answer for that. I think yeah. people are just, for some reason, everybody's hungry for sequels in the same characters we've known. Maybe it's because we're in this nostalgia period where everybody wants comfort. You know, they want the characters they grew up with, yeah. which is fine. The problem is we're just getting redundancy and, and filmmakers aren't taking chances, which which kind of sucks, to an extent. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that a lot. I don't know. Uh, maybe Halloween ends will. Uh, maybe Halloween Halloween ends will 
light some fireworks, but uh, I, I guess we'll see. You know, who knows? So let's talk about, dude, you, you, making fan films and things like that. Can you talk about what your resume is and, and the stuff you've done and, and want to do? Because I can't imagine how much work has to go into something like that. Um, I've been I've been blessed to have a, a good group of family and friends over the years who've who've wanted to help me out. So that's been the biggest help is having help on these things. But um, I just kind of we, we grabbed a cheap camera in 2008, 2009. And we made a couple terrible fucking movies. One was called Hacked Up for Barbecue. One was called Blood for Blood. These movies are garbage, trash, terrible movies. But I've got to see them. Dude, they are. A, they are. A, if you see them, God help you. They are. I'm telling you, they are atrocious. But they were good stepping stones to sort of working on our guerrilla filmmaking style. And this is pre-film school. And once I got to film school. I managed to get my hands on a Rebel T3i DSLR camera, which shot 24 frames per second, shot decent video, still have the camera today, and decided to make a, a feature film in the woods close to our house for 100 bucks. I was like, let's see if we can do it for 100 bucks. We'll use what the props we have. We'll use the masks we have. We'll use the, the special effects stuff we have, like fake blood, stuff you have left, have left over from Halloween and shit like that. And we made this fucking movie called Loon. And... Um, we finally released it online in 2015 and now it's at 2 million 90,000 views. Wow. Which isn't the biggest FL. There's some vloggers who get a million views in a week, but I was like, we made this movie for a hundred bucks. So my thing was if I could just show this to a studio who would listen and say, look, we did this piece of crap for a hundred bucks. Imagine what we could do for a hundred thousand dollars. Like give us, you know, just that was our, um, that would be our pitch. But then, like I said, we we were knocking on Hollywood and Hollywood was not knocking back for better or for worse. So we kept making indie features. We made Loon 2 or made Loon 3, made a movie called Cottontail, short film called Sugar Plum. All these little projects that were that have developed their own kind of micro cult followings on their own. And I do mean micro because they're small communities of people. But then 2018 came around. And I was like, I really want to try my hand at a fan film because uh, Never Hike Alone was getting huge at that point, I think. Mm, yeah, it was. So many people, yeah, talented filmmakers were doing all kinds of crazy shit. But they were raising money with fundraising campaigns. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be bothered with that stuff. So I'm like, let's see if we can make three films for 300 bucks. Um, so we made Ghostface, Sawyer, and um, Return of the Witch. Uh, we shot them all a couple days in like September, at least them all the next month. I had a huge infight with Fun World and Dimension over Scream. That's a whole nother debacle. I'm going to make a video essay on that shit. Mm. But, um, I just wanted to see if we can do it, and we did it, and we pulled it off. Um, I think the movies are pretty bad, especially the Sawyer film and the Return of the Witch film. Ghostface is much better. But I'm glad to see that they've they found a certain level of uh, fandom is the wrong word, because that sounds really pretentious. But people do seem to like them. A lot mm. of people hate them, but people... People do seem to like them. Um, I'm really appreciative for that. And right now, I just well, I do want to make a bigger feature. And I've been trying to raise money to make a movie called Splatter Camp. But it's so hard to raise, like we were talking about, new characters, new products. Is It's so hard to raise funds for something nobody's heard of. People want to uh, you know, put up money for a fan film. That's why everybody's doing fan films, because you can get money for that. People are going to want to pay for it. That's Especially why, Jason know, with the lawsuits right, and all. The Never Hike Alone stuff got made. The Voorhees stuff got made. 
There's a lot of Halloween fan films, which is great. They're all really cool, too. I've seen them all so far, and I, I, I do really appreciate them, the ones that have been released. They're all pretty good. But it's just, it's kind of a shame that on some level that, you know, people rather fund those kind of IPs versus original content. But I also get it. I'm one of the people who funded uh, in a very small a very small amount of money for a 13 fanboy, the Deborah Voorhees project recently. So I'm a part of the problem too, but uh, I'm not even sure where I'm going with this, but I think people rather bet on a, uh, an established IP than something they've never heard of. You got I got, I got to break this down a little bit more. Talk to me about the process of making like movies with friends and stuff. You talk about, we did this for a, a hundred bucks. I mean, how, how, what is the day to day process of doing this? Cause you know, I'm sure this is even more professional than in my mind, but when I first bought my, my first 1080p camera, I was like, let's make movies. But I knew when I grabbed my friends, it has to be an eight minute movie and I have to film it all in one day. Cause I am not getting their asses back tomorrow to film more. I mean, is that something you experience? I mean, obviously it's a much higher level than the, the, the stuff I'm talking about. There's no mics and boom mics or any kind of decent audio at all. It's just, you know, mic audio and stuff like that. Talk yeah. to me about the struggles of being passionate about something. And I mean, is everybody on board giving you a hundred percent? Like, let's do this. They really are. Costs. And I, in that regard, like I've said, I've been really lucky and really blessed. Um, people have wanted to do these things. I have, I've only had a couple people bail out entirely. And when they did, they really fucked up the film because sometimes they would bail after a week of shooting and we have to go reshoot stuff or find a way for them to die off screen and kind of just put a bandaid on it and move on. But I'd say 98% of my cast and crew from all these projects over the years have been dedicated. They've wanted to be there and they've consistently come back for other projects. I never pay them. I can't pay them. They're volunteers. We put the shit on YouTube and I'm saying, my thing is like, look, we may never make it anywhere, but at least we're doing films, the films we want to make. So we're still being filmmakers. We're still playing that, that part. And um, you could add this stuff to your resume. If you did lighting on the film, you could add that to your resume and show that to somebody. So I think a lot of the, the leverage, I guess you could say, is that they could use this stuff on a resume. It's not just having fun in the woods. It's like, okay, these are potentially stepping stones toward a career. Like I've had a couple of people do makeup on the films, really good makeup. Who are now doing makeup in Orlando, uh, Atlanta, not in huge scale stuff, but they've definitely worked up the ladder. So I'm like, that's cool. It's not because of us, but in some small way, our films were were one of their stepping stones. I think that's part of the draw of it. Mm -hmm. When you can find a collective a collective of people who want to do something together, make those memories, and then hopefully move on to bigger and better things. I think that's the draw. Now, what, what, can you tell me off memory, what was the most disappointing day of filming you've ever had? And what was the most proudest moment, whether it be looking back at something saying, damn, this, this, this is good stuff. That's a, that's a, that's a good ass question. The I'll go with the proudest first. Uh, we shot a movie a couple of years ago called Manhouse. It was the third chapter of our loon trilogy. And we had a crane set up in the woods and it was dead of summer. It was probably a hundred degrees out there with the humidity and stuff because we're down here in Florida. And we probably had myself included 25, 30 people in the woods, all volunteers. Just everybody happened to be able to be there that weekend and be off of work and help out with the shoot. And uh, 
there's this big chase scene where the the lead killer, the clown, is chasing somebody through the woods, and it ends with him coming around the corner and then everybody jumping out, sort of a la Jason goes to hell and blowing this guy away. And we had fake guns and stuff, but the way we managed to pull off this this fucking crane shot from the top of these pepper trees down onto the ground where they ran away, timed it perfectly. And as I'm sitting there watching the monitor, I'm like, this shit looks like a real fucking movie. Like that was the first like holy shit we're doing it moment. That I, that's probably the most the proudest day because we that shot was killer. It's one shot out of a in a sea of terrible shots, but that shit is awesome. And I still watch. I'm like, yeah, we can be proud of that shit. Um, the worst day was probably. That's a good question. There was one day where we didn't get it. We were shooting hours and hours and hours. And for some reason, I think the card or something was corrupted. So by the time I got home, the footage just wasn't there. Like it was all, you could see the files, but I couldn't upload it. So we had to reshoot a whole like six or seven day shoot. That's probably the, the lowest point. Hmm. It could have been way worse. I understand, but that was, we lost a whole fucking day. That's a lot of footage that's just gone. So it was pretty devastating in that regard. <laughs> So these these movies you're talking about, you call them it's the Loon trilogy. Yeah, are they available on on the uh, Brandon Tobato page? They are, and Still? I'll link to uh, the playlist of them when we finish here. There's a which called the Looniverse. It's this whole slew of interconnected uh, horror films, including Loon, Cottontail, Sugar Plum, and future films down the road. So, but these ever things you thought about maybe making limited Blu-rays or for or anything like that, or? It's cool because we actually sold DVDs of all of them. We had um, on-demand service with Amazon a couple of years ago, and they ended it last year where um, you could put your titles on Amazon, upload your artwork, and if somebody wanted to buy it, they would go to Amazon, look up Loon. They could buy the DVD, and then Amazon would make them on demand. I think the company was CreateSpace within mm -hmm. Amazon. So there's a we have a bunch of professionally printed copies of these movies, which oh, I'm wow. stoked to have. And um, But last year, they ended the program. So all of our titles got taken down. Oh. All of our movies that we had at Amazon Prime were taken down. I think they, they were just there too long. But it was for a while, we were kind of surfing the wave. I'm like, we're getting exposure, man. And it's kind of mm -hmm. dwindled down, and I haven't really pursued it again. But I'm going to. I'm, I'm kind of gearing up for something sooner or later. So so this is the, the filmmaking. Is this is this your biggest – this is your favorite thing. Is this your biggest passion? It's, it's making passion. these movies. It's the passion. Like my goal is to – my goal has been to work on one of the big four franchises in some way, somehow. That's why I keep saying maybe I should have gone to LA first instead of sticking around and trying to make it out of Florida. But um, that's the goal. But uh, like I said, even if the goal is never met, I'm still happy making the movies we're making here. Like the guerrilla filmmaking is really fun. Yeah. I have a lot of vision to talk about horror films and I'm, I have a full-time job. So I'm, it's not like, I need the films to, to survive. It's just like, it would be a cool little cherry on top. Should we ever quote unquote, make it somewhere in the horror business? Yeah. I mean, 2 million views sounds like a big deal to me, man. It was cool. It was a, yeah. it was a fun ride, but that's another movie where I'd say 70% of that audience fucking hates that film. That's what I think drawed drew most of the, the audience's people. You got to see how bad this fucking movie is. And, but I'm like, Hey, as they say, what is it? Um, all exposure is good exposure, right? Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah. Again, it goes back to everybody's a critic, huh? That's exactly right. <laughs>
you know, man, this has been really fun. Uh, it's been really, it's been really kick-ass to uh, just have a conversation with you and talk about a lot of cool stuff. Um, again, man, I, I, the truth is, dude, I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I, uh, I watch a lot of. I'm such a loser. Like, uh, my when I watch stuff, it's usually a lot of court TV because I'm really obsessed with that stuff for some weird reason. Movies and I listen to podcasts a lot, but every now and again, I. Uh, I get fixated on YouTube channels that I just something they strike a nerve with me and Tabato Vision is uh, I it's the real deal and I really love your style and you know talking about how Blair Witch Two is a kick ass movie and I'm just like he's right <laughs> it is a kick ass movie man I I just really appreciate the the mute the remasters and the videos and just the you know, I think you're doing some cool shit on the Tabato Vision channel. So um, I hope you, you know, you, you keep focusing as well on that channel. I think uh, I'm hoping people that watch this, if they're not familiar with Tabato Vision, they're going to go over and check it out. And I'll, I'll have links for your channels, obviously, down below. And they can see your movies on the on the main page in the Tabato Vision. So, I mean, what do we have? Do you, can we talk about what you've got planned for Tabato Vision in the future? Or is it kind of just a... Hey, let's do this today, kind of, because that's how I roll. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Unfortunately, I, like I said, I want to do some big stuff down the down the road. I want to do some movie reviews, some long form video essays, sort of like that. How to fix Halloween Six? Some like thirty minute episodes. It's just, it's so damn time consuming, as you know, to do this stuff. It's just like, uh, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I do want to hit the channel hard. I want to like start really building it up with longer form stuff. I'm always going to do the short form just a thought videos and stuff like that. But I really want to start consistently hitting Tabata vision because it's become my new, my new side passion. Like my original channel, even though it's got millions of not, views, 20,000 subscribers, yeah. not much, but I'm stepping away from it because it's not, it's not scratching the itch Tabata vision, scratching the itch. So I really want to hit that heart. That's, that's the new target on YouTube at least. Excellent. That sounds good to me, man. Well, Hey man, thank you for coming on and giving me your time. It's uh, it's been really kick ass. It's been a Thanks great conversation. It's fun, first live stream ever, actually. So yeah. Well, I'll, I, if you're down, man, I'd love to bring you around for a lot of the stuff I do on the channel. I do uh, podcasts with the You Need a Horror Podcast. I'd love to have you on there and and cover some hot topics. And you know, obviously, I'm going to be keeping up with Tabato Vision. Last question, because I'm a weird son of a gun. What is the creature? With for Tabato Vision, is it is that some kind of uh, what is that? I love it. What, but what is that creature? It's a fruit bat. Okay, I thought it was some kind of bat, but the ears were really long. Tell me, tell me about that. Where did that come from? Um, my name is Brandon Anthony Tabato. So in high school, some people would call me Batty. So, and then I got me thinking, I always got me thinking of that movie Fern Gully. So I was like, what can I do? Mix the logo with something. That has to do with my name because I wanted to call it Tabata Vision, but have a really cool, like, striking face. I went through like a skull, a pumpkin, nothing really stuck. So I looked up vectors that I could purchase of bats. Brandon Anthony Tabato, just you know, kind of. So thinking, this looks like Batty from fucking Fern Gully. This kind of makes sense in a stupid, jokey, cheesy way. I understand. So I bought the vector, put the t- the TV imprint on there, and there it was. Simple as that. I love it. I love it so much. Easy glory right there. There it is. Well, that's a perfect way to end it. Uh, guys, uh, If you thank you for watching this video. And uh, obviously, I want you all to check out Tabato Vision. We'll have that list down below. And check out Brandon's movies. Uh, 
He's got he's done some really cool stuff, and they, they I mean it's good looking stuff. I've watched I watch a lot of it. I'm gonna have to check out these Lunas, but he's done his stuff looks legit. I mean it's certainly not shot on no iPhone 3G or nothing like that. It's the real deal, and the audio is good. Yeah, I think you guys are gonna really dig it. And obviously check out Brandon's remasters of. I mean, I, I've been bugging Brandon about remastering song. I mean, I, I need I still need Brandon to remaster half of the ROTLD2 soundtrack. Oh, it's uh, coming. Like the, the big O and uh, you know, all that stuff from that. So uh it's coming. You know. Good deal. Well, thank you guys for watching this video and thank you, Brandon, for hanging out with me for a little while. We love you guys and we'll see you next time.